Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Michael Falk, and I'm interviewing my wife, Lauren Falk, today, and we are going to talk about all things plantar fasciitis. This is something that most people have heard of before, and many people have dealt with. It is a very annoying, painful condition that can impact your sport and activities for an extended period of time. It's also something that we see many misconceptions about, and people just don't understand how to treat it and get back to your sport without paying for the long run. So we go into great detail in this show on exactly what it is, how to treat it, and what you need to do to get rid of this pain in your foot once and for all. What's up, everyone? Michael Falk. I am joined today by my lovely wife, Lauren Falk, and we are going to talk about everyone's favorite topic, feet, and specifically plantar fascia pain or plantar fasciitis. So Lauren, thank you for taking time on a lovely afternoon to talk about uh, this pretty common painful condition for people. Absolutely. I mean, I was really motivated over this because literally in the last two months, I cannot tell you how many people I have answered this question for about what's going on with their foot pain and how they need to handle it. And it's really kind of comical, but you hear a lot of it at a certain point in time, like these warmer months, everyone's getting more active and all of a sudden this heel pain's coming out of nowhere. So I figure instead of answering every person's question, I'll just put it in one nice place, wrap it up with a bow. So that way everyone can hear all of these things that we have to share about plantar fasciitis and what it is and how to manage it and what this all looks like. So here we go. Yeah, for sure. So Let's just start with uh, the very basics. What is the plantar fascia? So the plantar fascia is just kind of like a, for lack of a better term, just to make this easy for everyone to understand, it's like a thick band of, we call it fascia, a thick band of um, tissue that basically is like a passive structure, meaning it doesn't necessarily do, it doesn't necessarily flex per se, but it's kind of like a, like a stopping point or is kind of a way to explain, but it basically supports your, the inside edge of your arch. And so it basically attaches at the ball of your foot and then it goes all the way up to like the base of your heel where it meets the Achilles. Um, so in this area, I, like I said, it's kind of like a shock absorber. It kind of is this taut band that as your foot kind of comes down, that tension kind of keeps our arch in check um, and, help support that foot through all of our walking, running, jumping action. So it takes a lot of stress and there's seven to 10 times your body weight goes down into our foot and ankle area. So think about all the stress that goes into this little structure that we all of a sudden hear about being an irritated area in our foot. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think it's just important to know because I think sometimes it gets such a negative connotation because it is something that gets painful that people are like oh it's this negative thing Mm -hmm. but it's a important structure like it has a real purpose it's Mm -hmm. not it's it's i don't yeah key to the stability of your foot and i'm kind of dive into like alternatives to treatment later but that's why i think it's just important to reframe this as it's not like it's not like something that you can you want to live without or you should live without it's not a It's not a structure that has no purpose. It really has a true function in walking, running, jumping, landing, cutting, all of those things that gives your foot stability. Yeah. When we call it a passive structure, it's more about how it's functioning in relation to all the other muscles that are in your feet, but it is just as critical as the muscles that are in your feet as well. Yeah. Okay. So that's what the structure is. So now 
Um, what is plantar fasciitis, like the pain condition? So especially when all of a sudden we start to experience pain in that area, it's inflammation at the plantar fascia. So um, often I would say most people that we see talk about it where the plantar fascia meets the base of their heel. Sometimes they get a little bit in the middle of the arch, but most people talk about the base of the heel. So you know, start to notice that inflammation, which is ex- then helping you or helping your body be aware of it, thus kind of causing that painful response because it's inflamed, it's irritated. Um, but basically, everyone thinks, oh, this pain that just came on, like this must have just happened. But really, plantar fasciitis is more about this constant micro trauma that's beating up your foot. And for lack of a better term, it's kind of like you finally hit the straw that broke the camel's back that caused that inflammation to really happen for you to experience that pain. But the breakdown didn't just happen at that one moment. It's probably been going on over the course of time for most people. Um, So again, it's more of a chronic issue than this like acute thing. Um, So what happens is, is this, I like I joke, but like all of a sudden these warm months come on. And all of a sudden, all these people are asking me about their foot pain. Well, okay, if, if you guys don't know where we're located, we're located in Wisconsin. So everyone's indoors, doing indoor activities, probably not doing as much jumping, running, pounding on their feet. It gets really nice out. And now we're all out going for runs and, you know, being active out. Like, you know, our kids are out playing their sports. We're participating in that. We're doing stuff on our in our yards that all of a sudden we've really increased this load on our feet without even really realizing it. So that's really kind of what this is, is it's basically plantar fasciitis is kind of like a tendinopathy. And tendinopathies we talk about happen when change occurs to the body. We start asking for more than what the body is prepared to do. And we also have this chronic, chronic like micro trauma that's been beating up the area. So when we do kind of turn up the noise on it and start doing more, it talks back to you. So, you know, it's often, you know, stuff that you're unaccustomed to. So if you took on a new activity and all of a sudden you realize your feet hurt, or sometimes it's that you are doing more. So maybe it's that you went from being a walker to now being a runner or maybe it's that your runner that went from running 5Ks to now I'm going to train for a half marathon. Or maybe it's now that you are standing longer at work than you ever were before and your feet are just not useless. And feet hate change. So this is all of a sudden a common reason that provokes this pain and irritation in our feet. So it sounds like um, it is you know, maybe something that starts before and then there's some change that then causes it to flare up, then it gets real painful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say, so I talk about like activity increases or changes in activity. Those are one main thing that provokes the plantar fascia, but there's also other things that provoke the plantar fascia too. Like, so if you're a person who you've noticed that over time, your ankles are getting tighter is often what people tell us like, oh yeah, when I'm squatting, I just can't bend as much or things like that. Whenever we start to see changes in the joints surrounding this area, now you're working through a limited range of motion. And that's also going to put stresses further on down the chain and cause certain areas to overwork. So we have to look at what's going on surrounding the activity. Are there any root causes that are feeding this? You know, have you altered the way you move? Are you losing some mobility? 
what is causing increased stress at this tissue? And it's a puzzle for every person that that's why your physical therapist asked you all these questions when you first come in. So when you say increased stress, I mean, is it, um, is it largely the pounding or is it like overstretching or is it um, like what, what kind of, like, what do you mean by stress? <laughs> the classic physical therapy answer. It depends. So, um, you know, it's more about doing things that your body is not as accustomed to is usually the number one thing that starts to provoke it. So like I said, like we go from, Hey, I was lifting weights. So now I'm going to go run 10 K's outside. Well, that's a lot of change. And that's an increased stress or like that pounding that all of a sudden your foot has to do that. It was unaccustomed to doing, or sometimes when we already have that micro trauma present, so we have this little irritation where our plantar fascia meets our Achilles tendon in the base of our heel. And so think about if you have a little bit of like natural breakdown. So think about like the end of a rope and you have this little natural breakdown. And maybe if we all of a sudden start to really crank on our stretching or, you know, kind of go overboard on it, think about like tugging on a rope that's fraying a little bit on either end. You're more likely to cause irritation and breakdown to those areas that are already kind of pre-frayed. Um, and so that can also create pain at that site. There are different reasons why tendinopathy occurs, and it's it varies from person to person. But both of those things can be very provocative and still create the same symptom of pain in the base that heal. But that's why it's our job to discern what was it that got you to this point and what we need to do to get you out of this point. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So you're kind of getting at symptoms. You mentioned the pain in your heel, but... How would someone know? I mean, I, I feel like um, plantar fasciitis is so kind of common that many people think they have it. Like, I'd say more often than not, um, if we hear somebody that's having foot pain, they're almost always like, I think I have plantar fasciitis because <laughs> it's like the most common thing that people know. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. The so, buzzword yeah, it's, it's just a commonly known thing. So, how, what types of symptoms or how might someone know that they're dealing with plantar fasciitis or pain in their plantar fascia versus something else? Absolutely. So, kind of the one of the big cardinal symptoms that we always hear about is pain kind of on that inside edge, but base of your heel, where everyone will say, oh, oh my God, that first step in the morning, it's like murder. It's like someone shoving a knife in the bottom of my heel. It's awful. Or if you just have long periods of inactivity, so you've been sitting at your desk for a handful of hours and you go to get up to go get some coffee and you have that first step down and it's awful. So basically after that fascia has been sitting there kind of just hanging out, relaxed, hasn't been warm or active for a long period of time, and then you all of a sudden go to kind of in theory, kind of quick stretch it and make it work. And it yells back at you. That is kind of one of the most consistent complaints that we hear from people. Um, we'll also hear sometimes, and this is much further down the line, but people talk about heel spurs where they have like a bony deposit at the base of their heel. Sometimes you can feel it with your thumb. That's usually someone who's had kind of chronic wear and tear there for long periods of time. And that bony spur is actually a response to that tension that has constantly been on that point for a long period of time. So um, that's kind of more of a physical finding that we have sometimes for people who've been experiencing for long periods of time. And also just that kind of like um, altered walking pattern or running pattern where you could tell like they put their foot down, they kind of go to transition to push off and you could tell they're trying to avoid that stretch and push off as they're going through. So you could tell they're starting to avoid and use their foot differently to avoid that 
painful area, especially that inside edge of their heel. Yeah, so that those are just some commonly like common things. I mean, uh, morning pain is really common, I think, in plantar fascia. Yeah. Like just those first couple of steps. Historically, like the first couple of steps when you get yeah. out of bed is like, and usually feels like a little murder. better after you get moving, which yeah. is also. What we listen for as a physical therapist is that with movement, with activity, it actually starts to feel a little bit better. Yeah, until you take it too far, then it gets yeah. then it gets worse again at the at, after that. So, okay, I think that's um, really helpful to just help identify that. So, if you're having pain on the top of your foot or very much on the outside of your foot or uh, like places like that, it's you know not never gonna say never but it's probably not plantar fascia mm -hmm. really kind of classically in that underside near your heel or kind of middle of your foot mm -hmm. worse in the morning better as it gets warmed up and then worse at that like latent activity as you start to overuse it and then like kind of after um activity where it really gets painful and mm -hmm. bad so um i think that's pretty classic so now let's get into kind of know, understand what the plantar fascia is and understand kind of how it, it starts what it, and then what it feels like. So how do we actually go about addressing it or starting to treat it? Mm -hmm. Well, kind of some of the risk factors and root causes are what shape how we treat it. So oftentimes some of the things that build up to this point is, you know, stiffness and weakness in your calf muscles. Everyone talks about, oh, my calves feel so tight. Oh, my ankles feel so tight. And what you really need to find out is, are they really tight or not? Um, because sometimes the sensation of tightness is actually a symptom of weakness. So let's say you're increasing your running, like you want to run more, either more mileage or more frequently, and your muscles aren't used to it yet. And your calves are a little weak. And, but you were able to survive what you were doing previously. But now that you've kind of turned up the noise on it, you start to get this sensation of tightness. Well, tightness can actually be how your body masks weakness. So it goes, oh, well, he's having me run five miles today instead of three. I don't know if I have enough gas in the tank, but if I just tighten down at my ankle here, that'll help him do this. So your body uses, your brain and your body use tightness to kind of help to survive something, if you will. But ultimately that tightness and then what can then affect your range of motion at your ankle and things like that can then, again, cause other areas of your foot and ankle complex to have to work harder, which is how we end up with this. So we talk about stiffness or weakness out of the calf. The calf. Sometimes it's just poor ankle joint mobility. So, you know, you have like our weekend warriors who played all their sports growing up in life and their ankles are stiff as ever and really just need some very specific work with that ankle mobility to help open it up. So that way, the more you can move more freely, the less stress just goes right through that foot. And there's other areas in your foot where we can also get bogged down through the bones of our foot or through our big toe. So we sometimes have to address that as well as sometimes our strength of our foot as well. It's a very multimodal thing. Um, there is no one thing that is going to fix your plantar fasciitis because it's usually a cumulative effect of things that have been going on over time. So I think sometimes what I always hear is everyone says, oh, it's because I have flat feet. Well, I mean, yes and no. You know, some people are born with flat feet, but that doesn't mean it's not a functional foot. So we have to, we as physical therapists look at how your foot is designed and are you able to maintain an arch and absorb your your stress through it. So like, do you kind of walk in that appropriate pattern from your heel across your foot and through your big toe and control it? 
Or do you have that like pancake foot that just flops and hits the floor? And then the question is, is is it because your bones are that way or is it because our feet are getting weak? And ultimately, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, feet are severely detrained by all the things we've done to them in life. Our feet, our shoes do it for, do all the work for us that they kind of get lazy. And a lot of us actually have, so the dexterity that you have in your hands is the exact same dexterity you should be capable of in your feet. Now, granted, I know we're not all going to go play the piano with our toes, but it gives you the concept of what you were actually built with and what you should be capable of. And so when you work with a physical therapist, they can help you determine, oh, is it that your bony structure is built that way and that's just how you are? Or is it that, hey, we need to work on your strength to reshape that arch and help remind it to know how to absorb that stress and how to absorb the ground um, so that way we can work through it. But I wouldn't call that our number one culprit. And honestly, most people, all people would benefit from foot strengthening uh, because like I said, we all have our shoes most of our day and our feet get detrained and arguably lazy. Um, But when you have that kind of detrained foot, it does cause that like passive structure of that plantar fascia to have to work harder because the muscles that are supposed to work with it, if they're not doing their job, they're just going to say, Hey, I'm just going to throw all my weight into that plantar fascia. That band will stop me and catch me. and We'll be good to go. Well, that's what does create some of that micro trauma to that tissue. So our flat feet, the underlying thing, not necessarily, can it be a contributing factor? Sure. But I wouldn't just blame it on that because it goes further up the chain from there. Yeah. I think to circle back on that, it's, you know, when we talk about foot strength, some of it is like you mentioned toe dexterity and things like that. But I mean, when we talk about foot strength, we talk about like also like high load foot strength, like heavy isometrics, um, not just like, yeah, there's an element of control with like arch, you know, making your foot into an arch, doing toe taps. But like, let's be honest, that's not, that's not weight bearing. That's not, I mean, it's important. And it's stuff that we do on the basic level, but then to get back to like running and stuff, we're we're talking about like high load through your feet, like your calf, Achilles, plantar fascia complex as some of the strongest tissues in your body that we have to overload to get them back to um, restore their function and things like that. Um, with the conversations surrounding like foot st- uh, structure too. One of the things that I always ask people when they when we quickly blame flat feet for um, the cause of any pain, whether it be knee pain, whether it be plantar fascia pain, whether it be whatever, it just feels like many people go to, oh, it's because of these flat feet. And a lot of times we're seeing people with plantar fascia that are, I mean, we're not seeing 12-year-olds with it typically. We're seeing adults. at least, like most commonly adults, college maybe some high school athletes, especially runners, but typically older athletes is going to be the most common. And I always ask, like, has your feet, has your foot always been this shape? And typically the answer is yes. And I'm like, okay, the rest of your life, did you have this pain? And typically the answer is no. And so I'm like, then this isn't the, like, you're not having this pain because of this. You've, you've had, this has been your foot your whole life. It's always looked like this. You went most of your life without having this pain. Um, let's not just quickly blame it on this. Like let's actually look for the real issue. And sometimes it's training. Sometimes it's, um, yeah, weakness or just gradual overload over the course of time or a surface change or a race change or all the things that Lauren talked about earlier. That's the, 
that's the quote unquote reason for the pain. Like the cop out answer can just be like, oh, because your foot's flat. And it's like, well, maybe that's contributing, but like mm -hmm. that's sort of the, I, I don't know. I, I think it's maybe it's, it's unfair to call it like the lazy way out. But um, I think for us, this is why the eval is so important. This is why we incorporate so much objective testing and uh, gait analysis and strength measurements and force plate assessments and all this stuff to be able to really get down to like, here is your issue. And then just through spending time with you, talking through your story, like getting your training history, getting your injury history, being able to be like, oh, and this was the inciting thing that this change, new shoes, new training surface, new training program, whatever that has contributed to this. And here is now the plan to get out of this versus just being like, oh yeah, your foot's flat. It's like, yeah, maybe. And not to mention kind of something that you pointed out is we tend to not see this in younger people as often. It's more like college, young adult, later adult, that these are people who have taken on wear and tear over time. And ultimately, a lot of our patients who are aging is a part of the conversation. And FYI, and I can say this because I'm in the boat now because I'm old enough to say it, but like at certain points, you're not really winning the battle. You're actually trying to maintain your strength because your body is designed to lose it. And so oftentimes I'll get someone who has foot pain, who is a very active adult and things like that. And I say, okay, show me how many calf raises you could do. And they could barely pick their heel up off the floor 10 times. And that doesn't even cover our clearing test for calf strength. And they, and they look at me and go, how's that possible? I, I, I should, I do all these things. I should be strong enough. Well, you know, we just kind of, our tires get flat over time. And that's often the story of tendinopathy is that we've lost strength somewhere or, you know, like Michael saying, it's been under a lot of change and now we need to prepare the body to answer the job description that you're putting it under. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Um, so I think I heard as we talked about kind of just to recap some foot strength, both like what we call intrinsic strength or control type exercises, as well as some high load strength training for your foot and uh, Achilles complex. Um, we talked about maybe ankle mobility. And um, I would also add into that great toe mobility. Okay. Some people's big toes get stiff, especially older. Sometimes people have a little bit of arthritis from wear and tear. Think about it. Not only do we have to bend at our ankle to walk and move properly, we also have to bend at our big toe to push off. And so if we have any of those physical restrictions that are usually also tied to something else that's going on, that's going to, again, cause that band of fascia to have to work harder because our foot isn't working the way it's been intended to. Right. Okay, good. Yeah. So great toe mobility, ankle mobility, foot intrinsic strength, as well as high load strength for the kind of ankle, calf, foot complex, if you will. Um, and then, you know, kind of hit a little bit on just up and down the chain. We always look at single leg strength, um, you know, can, hip strength. Yeah. Because ultimately too, sometimes maybe someone's calves are very strong and they're very good at that. And I go and I look at their single leg squat and they have no control, their knees falling in, you know, which is driven by a whole host of weaknesses that we need to identify. But if your leg is not moving in the way it's intended, that's also going to put stress through your foot too. So there are a lot of reasons why these micro traumas occur. And like I said, you can't just blame it on the foot and call it a day. You got to look up and down the chain because usually it's something kind of from all ends that are coming in and stressing this area where the, the all these tissues meet. Yeah. 
And so I think it just kind of circles back to like why we feel the eval is like the most important thing that we do and why it's such like a priority in the way that we structure our plans of care is because we look at the medical literature and pretty much if you have plantar fasciitis and you come into our clinic, I can promise you there's going to be some type of foot intrinsic exercise. There's going to be some um, high load calf strength, strength, Achilles like loading, um, loading through your foot ankle complex with high high load, high force exercises, because that's kind of what we know is the baseline treatment to address this underlying dysfunction. Everything else in the treatment plan is going to be individual. So if you and your yeah, friend came specific. in with the same same thing, you might have a very different set of home exercises. You probably would have a couple that are exactly the same because there's only so many ways that we can put heavy stress through that calf foot complex. But then after that, if you have really weak hips, you might have more single leg strength, more hip strength um, type exercises, and your friend might have really tight ankles and really limited great toe mobility, and they might have more exercises gearing towards that. So um, the key elements are the loading into that into that tissue to help improve the quality of the yes. connective tissue. There, we're basically strengthening those tendons and fascia to tolerate more. We're pumping up that tire is what I always call it. Yep, exactly. And then everything else is going to be sort of individual based off how you present in our office, what your goals are, what you look like. And so that's why we really encourage um, you to find somewhere that like you're not just getting a cookie cutter approach. Like it shouldn't be off the reservation. Like it should have these key key elements, but it it should be individualized based on your things. Um, So then once we get outside of kind of those um, let's just say traditional treatments, um, and by traditional, largely talking about like from a physical therapy standpoint, the, the things that we do bread and bread, butter each and every day, what are some alternative treatments that, um, people might either have explored, might want to explore, um, in regards to managing plantar fasciitis? So, um, a common one that I always hear people say is, oh, I got out my son's lacrosse ball and I dug out my heel and man, it hurt so bad, but I think I can move a little bit better now, but the symptom constantly is there. Like it's never really improving. So the way I kind of frame this is, is, um, you know, you have this area. So itis most, you know, we're calling it plantar fasciitis. So it's an acute inflammation that is occurring surrounding a chronic or constant breakdown, that microtrauma. So you have the itis. We have a little bit of inflammation, which is what's kind of triggering that pain feeling. So if you had a bruise like in your leg, would you then like take your thumb and go dig in it more to make it feel better? Like arguably it's gonna feel the same or worse, you know? And, and I'll explain that to someone. They go, oh yeah, maybe that's why it hurts so much more. And again, the, the plantar fasciitis, the plantar fascia is kind of this thick band of tissue. People always, and they say, oh, well, maybe I lengthened it. Well, we didn't really lengthen any tissues. Michael knows the stat on this for, quote, lengthening the IT band, but it takes how many thousands of pounds of force to, couple, quote, lengthen? couple tons. So, and Something the IT like band, hanging a dump truck off your leg. Yes. And yes, the IT band is larger and thicker than your plantar fascia, but it's kind of created by the same type of tissue. So it just gives you perspective that we're not really lengthening anything and then you're basically just going to go into something and dig into it more that you're arguably more likely to create more irritation than not and and again most people 
report that that symptom still stays. So we're not helping move forward with it. You might feel a little bit different come the end of that. And arguably what you're doing because you're digging into those tissues is you're actually desensitizing the nerves to kind of tolerate more and things like that. So um, that just is kind of an old school treatment that I think people resort to all the time, but it's not as productive. I think that we now know it's not as productive as the things that we can do for it exercise and mobility wise. I'd kind of couch that in the, um, it's patient specific. Yes. If you feel better, if after it does doing feel it, better. Absolutely. Like, Cause everyone's not gonna different. Hurt anything or kind of the classic one that I've had people do is taking like the frozen juice, like yeah, frozen canisters water or frozen water bottles. So then you're getting like a little bit of the cold and rolling out the bottom of your feet, which does and, help with pain. Yeah. And some people feel a lot better at that. And I'm like, great. Knock yourself out. Just as long as we're not making it worse. And don't only do that. That's right. where I see the biggest problem the is yep. when people are like, oh, I have plantar fasciitis. The treatment plan is rolling out or rolling out the bottom of my feet. It's like, well, that's not the plan. That could be like one element of it if that helps mm-hmm. you feel better. But, but if you're not getting at the root causes, right. you're never going to get to the solution. Yeah. You're just managing symptoms, not causing real long-term change. Exactly, so, exactly. Um, something else I'd put in that boat that is a little bit of um, anecdotal science evidence, but if you're somebody that has plantar fasciitis and um, has a lot of um, pain in the morning in particular, they've had some level of success with is just getting you some type of morning routine before you step down for the first time. So yeah. doing some type of little foot warm-up, little calf stretch, something like that. Um, before you take those first couple steps in the morning, again, not going to address the root cause of the problem, but might help with some of those morning symptoms and just like making it a little bit more comfortable in the short term. Yeah. I always tell people just lay in bed because let's be honest, who wants to shoot up out of bed anyways? I sure don't. Um, Lay there and do some foot and ankle circles, some ankle pumps, maybe write the alphabet with your feet. You, you could leave a towel by your bedside and just sit up and do some very gentle calf stretching. Again, we don't want to be doing stretching that you're like, oh my God, my heel is ripping apart. We never want to create pain with stretching and mobility. Um, but doing those things, like Michael said, will then, A, it's getting more blood flow to the area, which is starting to warm up the tissues and make them more pliable, but also more likely for them to tolerate those first couple steps down and be a little less... Um, you know, invasive as you step down first thing in the morning. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the other um, aspect to treatment that we haven't really addressed, but is kind of key and crucial. Um, and I guess we could approach this from from different uh, realms, but where does rest play into the management of plantar fasciitis and should it be a component of it or not? Well, I think when, when we are in acute, seriously acute phases where you're like hobbling around, you need to find a level of activity that's going to allow you to function, not cause greater problems. Um, but also think about searching for alternatives. Like maybe I'm just going to do my workout on the bike in the morning for the next couple of weeks. So I'm still getting my workout in, but I'm not stressing my foot as much. But we in the world of, and this is kind of falls into the tendinopathy world, um, we do have to strengthen the areas, which I don't want it to be creating pain, but you're going to feel the area working for sure. And then we talk about this area of like living in like a a two out of 10, like where you're saying like it's sore, but not using the word ouch. So maybe it's that like uh, you use the bike to kind of take that time to calm down and then you're going to start finding 
a certain distance or pace or like intensity of like a walking pace that like, Hey, it's a little sore, but not terrible. Okay. And then the next thing, you know, now we're able to do a little bit of walk jogs or things like that and progress into activity, but we never want to just give up activity totally because giving up activity allows that air to get out of our tires even more because we're not using our muscles the same. We're not causing our foot and ankle to work together. You know, all the stuff that we want to maintain as much function as we can while we are managing an activity. What'll happen if somebody says, oh, just rest for the next four to eight weeks and I'll all feel better. Well, yeah, of course it would feel better if I'm not going to make it work. But then I took this eight weeks off and I start going back to my workouts and I think, oh, great, here's my heel pain again. And why? It's because we didn't keep what we could and we also didn't get after the problem. Yeah, no, exactly. I think and we have probably 10,000 blogs and podcasts on this <laughs> topic. rest is not the answer. Yeah, at, at this point. So it's that relative rest concept. We probably have to modify our activities slightly. But the most common story that we see with plantar fascia when someone comes in, is they come in, they had plantar fascia, they rolled out the bottom of their foot, they maybe put some orthotics or insoles in their shoes, they took three weeks off running, their foot felt better, they went out and ran, and it felt way worse and then now they come into our office and it's like that that's just such a common story and and we want um, to break that pattern yeah we just have to break that pattern so it's not complete rest it's relative rest combined with everything that we talked about earlier and that individualized plan and then a gradual ramp up of your activity and kind of a maintenance plan for you going forward with maintaining your foot strength, maintaining your ankle mobility, all those things. Proper warm-ups before you're going to go do some activity. Exactly, exactly. And And we always joke, but like your rehab kind of becomes your warm-up. So, and not every aspect of it, but there will be some key things that you find really help you feel and function in a successful way that, you know, something that you did for three sets is now just going to be one set of a few things, just get you ready to roll before you do your activity. And now your body's prepared for what you're going to ask of it versus just going in cold. Cause let's be honest, as we age, nothing feels good going in cold to anything. (laughs) For sure. So, all right. Well, I think we, uh, I think we just nailed plantar fascia, um, and went very much in depth on a couple areas that, uh, we got, got off on some tangents, but I think we, we covered, uh, most of the big things. Any, any parting words at all with plantar fascia stuff? I mean, I think the biggest thing to just note, and I know plantar fascia pain can be very frustrating because it really affects what you're doing, how you do it, you know, and kind of probably alters your plans. But plantar fasciitis has a very good success rate. It has like a 90% success rate with conservative management, but not to be like the person who burst the bubble, but it takes, you know, six to 12 months of consistent work at this to really close the door on it. You will be feeling better sooner in that timeline. But also what I would suggest is that know that it's going to take a while because you are making up for a lot of time of breakdown that has occurred. It's going to take you a little while to get pain-free in your activities. But then once you get pain-free, don't stop. That's the most important thing you can do is don't stop with your strength work. Keep going. You know, do the mobility and warm-up stuff that your PT gives you. That's the stuff that's going to keep you successful and hopefully keep this from flaring back up on you again. And realize, like, feet don't love change. So just realize any changes you make, activity-wise, shoe-wise, any of that stuff, just enter with caution and slow so that way you're less likely to throw things off kilter. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. So 
Hopefully, um, if you're dealing with plantar fascia pain, you find this helpful. If you know someone that's dealing with plantar fascia pain, we'd really appreciate it if you'd share this podcast with them. We're really trying to help share and promote good information that lets people really understand their pain conditions and try to go down the right path versus wasting months and months of kind of rolling their foot off, resting, modifying their training, get out of their routine, setting themselves back. So um, definitely, um, whether it's with you or try to help a friend out and uh, share the link to this podcast, we would really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, wait a minute. Are you a runner that's been dealing with any pain or injury? Do you want to get back to running pain-free? You should check out our free pain-free running checklist. This is a checklist that goes through exactly the testing that we do in our office to try to help runners get back to pain-free running. It will walk you step-by-step how to accomplish the test and give you guidelines of what we would expect for a normal, active, healthy runner. You can access this free resource at the link in this podcast or by going to our social media at kinetic underscore SMP and clicking the link in our bio.